Welcome back into News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line, and I am Nick Cohn. Our guest this morning is Executive Director for uh, Casa of Rutherford County. That's Cassie Davis. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on and uh, joining us here and giving us a couple minutes this morning. So, um, wanted to kind of start off, and, and as I was uh, looking through some things this week, I thought maybe a good way to start off would just be to. Um, talk about what you guys do on the day-to-day. I know we have a couple of events we wanted to talk about and kind of tell folks a little bit more about what you guys do, but what does the day-to-day look like? And, and you guys, of course, are the local chapter, so you guys deal in Rutherford County. Um, but talk about what you guys do on the day-to-day and, and you know why that's important and, and you know why this is uh, something we want to talk about this morning. Sure. Um, we stand for court-appointed special advocates and In a nutshell, what we do is we train volunteers to advocate for abused and neglected children in juvenile court. And the children that we primarily work with are foster children. So what we do is you will go through a five-week training course because, again, you're working um, with lawyers, you're working in the court system, you're working with the Department of Children's Services, and you want some tips and tricks on how to really engage these children who have been through trauma, who have been removed from their homes. So we want to make sure you're properly trained. So we put you through um, a five-week training course. And then once you're sworn in by the judge, you are ready to start advocating for these children. And so in a nutshell, that's kind of what you do as a CASA volunteer. And and as it's there right in the acronym, you're an advocate for these children. So you're kind of somebody to be in their corner, somebody to be there for them. And, you know, not not everybody has that growing up. And, and maybe that's, you know, one of the things you could start there is, um, you know, these kids need somebody in their corner and, and to kind of help navigate them through life, which can be tricky, to say the least, at times. So. Right. Foster care is foster care has gotten better over the years. The child welfare system always needs improvements. But when CASA got added to everybody's plate in the court system, it really kind of streamlined the process. It, it's one advocate for a child or a sibling group so that they have somebody in their corner. They have somebody to speak up for them, to make recommendations. And we work on a best interest principle. So the child does in Rutherford County have a guardian at litem, which is their lawyer, and so we both represent their best interest. We want to get them out of foster care. We want to get them to permanence, which could be back with their parents if they work their permanency plan. It could be exit custody to a relative, or it could be adoption. So we are looking at those primary options to get them out of foster care, because you don't want children to grow up in foster care. So what are some of the reasons you I want to start with just, you know, the child being in foster care and maybe he goes back to their parents or different family members or gets adopted. What are some of the reasons you see um, kids in foster care that you're dealing with in the first place? And how do you kind of decipher, do they go back to mom and dad? Do they go to grandma and grandpa? Or do they need to find a new home altogether? What are some of the steps you guys take to figure that out? Sure. So we work really closely with DCS. So you work with a DCS case manager and you're considered a child and family team. So you've got um, the parent's attorney you've got the child's attorney, you have us, and you have DCS. And of course, the court, um, which a a lot of your listeners know, Judge Donna Scott Davenport, she is our main juvenile court judge. She makes the determination 
person along with the magistrates. You may have a magistrate hear your case. And so the, the main reasons we see children get removed is I could give you kind of the blanket terms of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. But again, you're seeing um, more neglect issues with drugs. Drugs is a, is a huge issue. And I know um, everybody sees the news stories about opioid addiction and kind of what's going on there. Um, but it does, it bleeds over into with our children. And so they're getting removed for drug issues. It could be um, a dirty house. It could be just physical abuse. And right now, you know, with the quarantine, you're really seeing a, a high rate of kind of uh, sex abuse that's happening, which is very sad. But the good news is, is when children get removed, they get services to help them combat the trauma that they have incurred. And so that's kind of the great thing about that. And how kind of a parent gets their child back is through a court order, which is called a permanency plan. It's steps that they have to work to get their child back. So if they have drug issues, they need to go to drug treatment, pass drug screens, you know, go to NA, AA meetings, those kinds of things, have a stable home, have a stable income. And income can be government assistance as long as it provides for the child and various things like that. So whatever issues the parent has, they're going, DCS is going to help give them services to get them out of this hole and to reunify this family is what you're looking at there. And then if a parent can't work the plan, they do look for other relatives or family friends to um, exit custody with. And then if that doesn't work, hopefully the foster parent or a pre-adoptive home will adopt the child. Cassie Davis, our guest this morning, the executive director with CASA of Rutherford County. Um, is that normally the, the kind of step that you try to start with the parents and then with a different family member, and then you would move on to just a new family altogether? Do you guys kind of go in that order? It depends. You can work two goals at one time. I know this sounds really, really complicated, um, but it, it's... It, we try to do things to simplify the process, but also to make sure there's a backup plan for the children. We don't want just to work one goal and then we're a year later and the child does not have a permanent place to go. You really don't want foster children in foster care longer than a couple years, um, but sometimes that can't be helped, but you're still working a goal to try to get them out by the parents finding a relative or adoption. I had a family member who, um, and this was in Indiana, but had worked at a, a local casa there for their county. And I don't know to what level that she worked with, but she would uh, she'd go out with these kids, meet these kids, and her favorite thing to do was take them out for ice cream. She would meet them and then kind of talk to them and see what's going on in their home life. Is that kind of how that you guys operate in that same way, where you're going to have these um, these advocates meet with the kids and kind of figure out what's going on and talk to them and maybe try to learn more about them to see what fits best for them? Yes. So advocates, we ask our advocates to go see the children twice a month and they can um, bring fun games to do. And right now, kind of sometimes they have to do Zoom visits or they visit if it's a nice day they're six feet apart it's really interesting to see how creative our advocates have gotten through the quarantine but i i want to brag on them because these children feel even more isolated everybody's feeling kind of isolated right now but our foster kids are feeling e that pain even more
more. And our volunteers stepped up and they see them as much as they need. And sometimes that's more than twice a month. And they're really checking on them, making sure they're getting services and being creative with those visits. And so I just want to, I can't even tell you how um, fantastic the cost of volunteers are with these foster kids. And DCS is also, um, we work with some case managers who have really stepped up and tried to do the same kinds of things. Because being in a quarantine, these kinds of issues don't stop. And we have to learn how to put them in our lives, but also make sure that these children get services. So, um, but yes, these advocates are there. They play Zoom games. They play, you know, they'll bring them, they'll drop off little stickers in the mailbox, little care packages just to let the kids know someone's in your corner and they're thinking about you so what what are some of the other troubles that you guys have come up with now that um now that quarantine's happening folks have to stay distanced and you can't just you know pop in and, and visit somebody and sit down next to them maybe like you could last year um did, do you feel like a lot of the uh, a lot of the zoom calls and things like that have kind of filled that void or do you guys still maybe um at times say it's a little bit hard to find these kids or to go do meet these kids or you know maybe uh, in some cases, it might be beneficial to take them and, and do a one-on-one somewhere compared to being at the home or being on a computer screen with the kid. But um, is, is that still kind of a problem, or have you guys figured out a way to get around that and, and kind of push forward? Well, it's interesting that you say that because we meet as um, a network. So there's a statewide network, and the directors and staff will meet and try to figure out creative ways to um, help our children, even throughout the quarantine. And we're figuring it out. I feel like we've come to some kind of normalcy. And it kind of depends on the foster parent's comfort level and also or the guardian's comfort level. So if they're not comfortable letting us in the home, which we completely understand that, I mean, we are in a global pandemic we we just find ways to make it work and that's why we try to make the zoom calls fun Um, because you know zoom can kind of get tedious and so but if you play a game with them they really think it's kind of cool and so we we've really kind of tried to find all that on the internet and kind of work around that and if they really truly need us we're going to find a way to be there i mean uh our advocates are some of the most creative people i've ever met and so that's what we're here for we're here to be problem solvers and not kind of add to the issues that are out there but I'm really proud of us. Like for what's been going on, um, when it all hit really in March with school shutting down, we were there. They were like, we're just not going to stop. We're going to keep on meeting these kids where we need to go. And now with kind of all the school issues, whether you're distance learners or you're in person, sometimes our volunteers will do kind of homework on Zoom with them or, you know, out in the yard to help the foster parent and to kind of make the child be like, look, I'll help you. We'll get through this together. I, I've really taken notice to the term essential worker over the last eight or nine months because there are yes. some of us, and I, I will say this being in radio, you could work from home. Right. And it's much easier. You're not going to miss a lot. Maybe it's not as fun, right? I like coming in and seeing my coworkers and, and doing these things. But for a while, we were all working from home, and a lot of us are still working from home as much as we can to try to limit how many people are here in the studio. But a lot of folks can't do that. And you guys are in that group of people who, oh, we're just going to take some time off. We'll get back to it. That doesn't work because people's lives are being affected. And, you know, I, I can say honestly at the radio station, whether I'm here or there, I don't think people really pay much attention. But, <laughs> you know, for something like what you guys have going on, you, you can't do that. So when COVID first happened, was there a big meeting of the minds to say, hey, guys, we can't slow down. We have to, if anything, ramp up because school's going to be out. You mentioned some of the sexual abuse and drug abuse on the rise with folks in quarantine. And, um, you know, someone had told me that a lot of the times when, when kids are noticed that they're having trouble at home, it's from being in school. 
but with school being out for so long and we're just now getting back, that was probably on the rise. Did you guys have that meeting and everybody say, hey, we got to you know, not slow down, we got to speed up, we got we to gotta do more almost? Yes, so we try to meet um, as much as a volunteer needs. We've just reached out to them more to see kind of what's going on. We always want to monitor our cases, especially when school was out the way it was. And so we would talk about how do we monitor this where we can still see the child still and still help the foster parent because they were with these kids 24-7 like everybody was with their children. The other thing I really want to give props to is the juvenile court started to do Zoom hearings because federally we had some court hearings that still had to happen. They didn't care that quarantine was going on. And our juvenile court said, we're going to do as many Zoom hearings if it's not a big contested hearing where you need to be in person. And we can have in-person hearings if there's ten, just 10 people in the courtroom socially distanced. So I really want to give props to our judge and, and her staff for being like, we're going to make this work. We're going to keep on trying to do whatever we can on Zoom so kids can get permanence. Because if you don't have some hearings, you can't move forward in the case. So I just... I was kind of in awe because Rutherford County stepped up. And so um, I really kind of want to look at everything as positively as possible because I don't think when you look at it through a negative lens, especially in the quarantine, especially dealing with child welfare, it doesn't help. So we're just going to keep finding solutions to these problems. Well, that's wonderful. Cassie Davis, our guest this morning, who is the executive director with Rutherford County Casa. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, I want to talk about how do folks volunteer? This sounds this sounds like a real special thing. And if you have time, if, if this is something that you can do and you feel like uh, you want to do, I'd say, you know, we, we want to learn more. So we're going to do that here coming up after this break. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. We'll be right back. All sports talk. Weekdays at 5. Rutherford County's place to talk. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. We are very blessed to have volunteers, to have friends that are decorators that come in and merchandise our store and do our window displays that help with linens, that help with jewelry, that help just make the store look really nice. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street, across from the tall NHC building. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. News, traffic, weather, and fun. (laughs) Don't miss the Wake Up Crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. News, traffic, weather, and fun? Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. Are you tired of constantly spending money on sprays and other things to control mosquitoes around your home? If so, come by Holden Hardware and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. When used properly, the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators will kill up to 95% of the mosquitoes in the covered area for up to 90 days. This year, make mosquito control easier and cheaper. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. There is an underground civilization underneath of the North American continent. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight, every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. Quick commercial break, and I did say quick, and I meant it. We are back, and you're listening to News Radio WGNS. Thanks for 
listening in on the dial locally, and we got uh, plenty of people listening worldwide on our WGNS app, and you can also listen on the handy-dandy desktop. If you want to go to WGNSradio.com, there is a click-to-listen live button there, so... Um, for all of our radio audience and all of our internet audience, I say welcome back. Cassie Davis, the executive director from Rutherford County CASA, our guest this morning. So we started off, spent the first couple minutes talking about why CASA is important, and it is. And I think maybe just some folks weren't, weren't familiar with what you guys do on the day-to-day. So I wanted to kind of start there to build that foundation. You mentioned volunteers. How do folks volunteer? You mentioned there's training involved. Um, I'm thinking if, if this is something you know that a lot of people, maybe this could be their calling. This could be something they could see, even if it's just a couple kids, even if it's not my full-time job, you could really make an impact. And uh, you know, we want to talk about how you can do that. You mentioned there's training involved. What are some of the guidelines if somebody was to say right now, hey, I want to sign up for this, I want to get involved and learn more, where do they start? Sure. Well, I would like to give our website because I think that's really helpful because that gives a lot of extra information. And it also has a contact form on there that you can fill out where we can send you even more information and an application to kind of streamline the process. And also, if you're really interested, it kind of gets you going. And our website is really easy to remember, casaofrutherfordcounty.org. Again, that's casaofrutherfordcounty.org. And to be a volunteer, the good news is you do not have to have specialized educational training. All you have to be is 21 years old and be able to pass a background check and have a heart to want to help children. And so you would contact our office and you can go through the website. We will send you the information and we'll kind of get you going with the process. We train three times a year, uh, fall, winter, and summer. And the good news is we have a fall training starting next week, and it's a full class. So we do, there are people in our community who are ready to step up even in the pandemic. And if you are not comfortable visiting children in person, I say still come on down and you can, we will find a way to help you become a CASA volunteer. And again, you just have to be 21 years old and be able to pass a background check. That's it to be a CASA volunteer. So and go through training. What are some of the traits you guys look for? Obviously, you know, you want to be a people person. And I think I think if somebody's out there and they're thinking, this is something I want to do, likely they would fall into some of those traits. They'd be, you know, somebody who's willing to give their time, wants to help people, wants to be a part of a good change. But what are some of the other things you guys look for? Is, is age a factor? Does it matter if you've, you know, raised a family, not raised a family, anything like that? Is it just, you know, you guys just want good people? Right. And you don't have to be a parent. We have a lot of people call and say, well, I'm not a parent. Can I still help? And I'm like, absolutely. We can train you on ways to work with children. And you're really, when you're a CASA volunteer, you're not coming at it from a parental perspective. You're literally advocating for a child. So you're taking the facts, you're doing an investigation, and you're using that and making recommendations. So you don't, you're not here to to be a parent to the child. They already have a foster parent for that. And that's why, again, we have five weeks of training. If you have the heart for this, if you really want to like put families back together, get children out of foster care. That's what we're looking for. We can train you. And when you become a volunteer, we have staff that will work with you, go to meetings, go to court. You're not going to be in this alone. You're going to have people that are going to help you through this throughout the whole process. And of course, if, uh, you know, if somebody has a full-time job already, this is something they can do on the weekends, part-time, after work, things like that. What does the schedule look like? Let's say if you have two or three kids you're working with. Would that be a full week? Would it be maybe one kid's a full week? What, what would you recommend maybe for somebody who says, I got a part-time job. I don't know if I, I don't want to neglect these kids and not give them all, you know, all the time they need, but also maybe I'd like to be a part of that. 
Sure. So the beauty about being a CASA volunteer is that you're not going somewhere on a Saturday, say for two hours. And I'll use the food bank as an example. They're a wonderful organization, but you know, you'd go and stack cans or kind of pull food. What you're doing is you're going to investigate this case on your own time and on the foster parents' time. So you can do that after work, before work, uh, on the weekends, like you said. And then the only things that are scheduled during business hours are DCS meetings, which is the Department of Children's Services service and court hearings, but those don't happen every day or every week. You're looking at, unless there's emergencies, you're looking at probably three to four court hearings a year. And then you're also looking at DCS meetings. We try to meet uh, once every three months. So really, it's a monitoring situation. And if things come up, that's when um, we really kind of step into action. But it's really you're seeing these children twice a month on your time and on their foster parents' time. So it's really not difficult to have a full-time job and do this. And I always I always fall back on this because anything I do, I always want to make sure there's somebody a little bit smarter than me that I can ask if I have questions. <laughs> yes. Um, so in this case, you know, it's not like you're out there on your own. You're, no. There's going to be people you could call, people to check in with and say, hey, Absolutely. here's what just happened. What would you recommend? And, you know, they kind of work you through that. Yes. Uh, I have the greatest staff. Um, I know every CASA program would say they have the greatest staff in Tennessee, but I am going to brag on mine. We really, I really do. They are phenomenal, and they step up just as much as these volunteers have, and I can't brag on them enough as well. <laughs> well that's wonderful, and I think the, the thought of changing a kid's life, if maybe some of us grew up and they were those kids, or they knew those kids growing up, or you know, you've seen those kids as an adult, to be able to change their life is a huge impact, right? And it, it doesn't necessarily cost you anything it maybe takes a little bit of time here and there but you know the impact is huge and um you know i i think this is something that most people listening right now if they they could say maybe i could be a part of that or know somebody that could be a part of that do you guys normally need more volunteers is it something that at, at most of the time you'd say we need as many volunteers as we can is there a point where you guys fill up and you say right now we we don't need volunteers how does that work never we always need volunteers we are getting about at least one or two removals a week and that can be a child or a sibling group and with school coming back in even though a lot half the children are maybe on virtual learning we still have some children that are back in school and referrals are starting to come in and so we always need volunteers and we need male volunteers for our teen boys. We need them to have a male figure in their life. So I encourage any men listening, if you have a heart for this, please contact us because these guys, our teen guys need, and even little boys, they need to see that there are men out there that can step up and make a difference in the world. And what are some of those reasons? I, I know as, as a growing up a boy and turning to a man, I understand the importance of a father figure in that. But uh, from your guys' perspective, why is that important? It's really good. And even for women, it's really good for these children to see, like some, uh, most of our volunteers are professionals, and to see that they're working, to see that they accomplished a goal. That And they'll ask them, even the older kids, they'll be like, do I have to go to college? Can I go to trade school? And we encourage that. Wherever they are, you know, you don't have to go to college. College these days, and I, I, you know, I make, I make a joke that I think my hairstylist makes more money than I do. So I wish I could do hair. So I encourage our kids, just whatever you want to do, you want to be a tattoo artist. That's fantastic. It's a job that's going to make money. And so I think when they can see an adult in their life that you know has a routine, that goes to a job, that just sh- keeps showing up, because that's half the battle. You just have to keep showing up for these children. It's not, it's not spending money on them 
although they like that, it's, you know, it's showing up and being there and saying, I'm going to get you out of this. We're going to get through this together. That's what makes the biggest difference. And I think you mentioned spending money with them. A lot of those activities that you're doing are, you know, going to grab a bite to eat or going to the park, going to a ball game, things like that. So, you know, that could be could be fun for both sides, could be beneficial for both sides. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you, you know, you could you could get a new buddy out of it. You could you could find someone you enjoy hanging out with these kids. You enjoy being around them. And um, I'm just thinking for maybe parents who uh, who are now empty nesters. Right. <laughs> right. You could, you could get, yes. And as I mentioned, my stepmom, I said this off the air, she'd say my Casa kids. You know, she had a whole nother family <laughs> yeah. of Casa kids that she worked with and, uh, of course, raised some families of her own. So, um, you know, that could be a special bond in itself. You right. were mentioning that uh, you guys deal with Rutherford County. Rutherford yes. County is a big county. Yes. Does every county have their own CASA? Does that does it break up based on size, or does every county kind of have their own department? Yes, every county. Um, some counties kind of are, are sister programs. Like they, there's one director and staff, uh, and we have a lot of those in West and East Tennessee. But um, we still have some counties that need CASA programs across the state. Um, but we're getting there. So we have a state. We have a state network who um, a state program that helps uh, expand CASAs. So you basically ha- go, you know go talk to the juvenile court judge in that county and find someone to raise the funding to kind of get there for those CASA programs. But, but you know, our state office is working to get there because we want every foster kid, you know, every abused child in Tennessee to have a CASA. Um, so they're doing a great job in trying to get there. Like, and like I was kind of telling you off the air, Cannon County is one of our new CASA programs. And I've worked with the director and she's doing a fantastic job building, building the volunteer base. So, you know, there's really good news to be had even in this pandemic. And I think, you know, that's important. I asked if it was based on size. Do do counties with more people have a CASA compared to a county with uh, just a few thousand people? But those same problems in a, in a town of 100 may occur in a town of 1,000 or a city right. of a million. Right. So it doesn't Absolutely. really go on size, I think, and that's maybe why it's important. What can folks do, um, if, if anything, to maybe push the envelope on, on getting a CASA in some of these smaller counties? Is it a funding thing? Is it... Um, volunteers. I mean, what what would need to be done to make that happen? It just depends. So, if there is a like a county that doesn't have a CASA, you would need to contact the state office, and you can just Google TennesseeCASA.org or even Tennessee CASA, and the state office is going to come up. They're going to have a contact form, and that's the first step. They really are um, instrumental in getting uh, CASA programs. Like you have to have them because they kind of know how to talk to national CASA because we are a national agency, and so that's kind of the first step and then they walk someone through the process but yes we um there's still a lot of work to be done but we're getting there awesome well i wanted to ask you guys you have a fundraiser coming up that is going to be virtual we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes but i wanted to take a look at that weather and take one more quick time out we'll wrap this conversation up with cassie davis who is the executive director of rutherford county casa here in just a moment and if you have any questions you can text them or give us a call 615-893-1450 we'll be right back Start your weekdays with the early show from 4 to 6 a.m., followed by the Wake Up Crew from 6 to 7.50 on News Radio WGNS. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. 
If I could talk to the animals. Here at Animal City, we are open for in-store shopping and also happy to offer curbside delivery if that's your preference. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We are long-term pet lovers and pet keepers, too, so we make sure to have our store stocked with all the specialty products your pets need, like a wide selection of premium foods, animal habitats, and toys. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street. Thank you for allowing us to serve you for 30 years. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. Listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show this Saturday, 11 to noon on News Radio WGNS. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the Sportscom. Welcome back in. This is News Radio WGNS, and uh, hello and good morning to those listening here locally on the radio dial or those listening worldwide on our internet stream. It's kind of fun. We get some uh, birthday and anniversary shout-outs from, from different parts of the country, different states and things like that, and it just makes you think, that is pretty cool. There's people listening all over the country to WGNS, not just those here in Rutherford County. Our guest this morning is Cassie Davis, Executive Director of Rutherford County CASA, and uh, we, were, we were talking about the big Frosty Fun Run. Um, so I wanted to start with that. That's going to be virtual this year. Yes. So walk me through that. Now I've never, I've, I've always been a, a more of a cheerleader than, than a runner than for some of these marathons <laughs> and things like that. I always, well, I always just think it's amazing that you know some folks can can do that. I, I think I would get the funds together and then I would not even come close to finishing, and it would be a big disaster. So I, I like to be on the other side of the line and root people on and and kind of cheer folks on when they're doing these kind of things. But talk about the Frosty Fun Run, and uh, that's going to be virtual this year. And then we'll talk about maybe what some of those things are going for and why it's important as we're heck just a few months from Christmas. Sure, I'd be happy to. So we're really excited that we can even have a frosty fun run this year so our in years past this is the 11th year we've been able to actually have this run at the at stones river country club but this year of course nobody can do these big events in person so we're going to do a virtual 5k and the link the sign up link went live this week so it's really kind of great timing that i'm on here so if you are interested in signing up for this virtual frosty fun run you can go to uh, fleetfeet.com and 
they'll have a run sign up link and also Fleet Feet has registration forms at the store so you're welcome to do either way um, we have three levels that you would kind of uh, pay for this year you've got a $25 level which would get you a medal a $50 level which gets you a sweatshirt and a $75 level that gets you a medal and a sweatshirt and you're also welcome to bring a unwrapped toy to the store and we use the funds and the toys at Christmas time so this benefits us Casa of Rutherford County and Parks Christmas for Children and I'm so proud of our Christmas program we make sure every foster child and a lot of uh, at-risk children that DCS is working with trying to prevent removals so we're helping around 300 children every year get not just a toy we get we um outfit them with a whole christmas clothes t- wish list items and that's not and we're not going to stop this year i've, I've said we're going to do this we're this pandemic is not going to stop our kids because the kids have suffered enough mm-hmm. and they're not going to suffer at christmas and so if you want to help and you can't be a casa volunteer and you know i don't run either so you could walk this 5k you can do whatever you like um, and you would record your time or ask everyone if you want to participate to run from November 27th to December 5th. There are going to be some raffle items if you sign up, some great running uh, gear, and uh, you know some really big items that are really cool that you can be put in kind of the, the jar, the fishbowl that we'll put out. We're going to do a live Santa-drawn raffle uh, the weekend of the 5th. We're really excited about that, but this run will help our foster kids and the children that parks which is the the real estate, uh, Bob Parks, they help children in schools. So we're going to make sure that these children um, get Christmas this year. And that's what the Frosty Fun Run does. And even if you don't want to run or walk, just sign up and get a really cool T-shirt. Frosty's got a mask on this year. We are, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. So, you know, I encourage everyone who, if you like running, you know, get a group together, you know, go running, um, be, you know, socially distanced and safe for the quarantine and all that. But, you know, come on out and just make it fun you know this is we're gonna this is a time where we can kind of rejoice that we can help these kids at christmas so there's going to be a a a little over a week for kid people to run these races to run the marathon to do the 5k i'm thinking it's kind of cool and you guys of course on facebook and twitter maybe people could do the running and maybe a little video themselves while they're running do a shout out send that to you guys what's a good uh, facebook and twitter for you You guys of course are on social media yes just go to on facebook um and twitter cost of rutherford county you'll find us there and you know we make posts all the time i just made a frosty fun run post yesterday so you can go to our visit our facebook page and there will be information there as well for the frosty fun run and this of course is is a even bigger event because you know right now it's so hard to do some of these events and you guys have really honed in and said we're going to make sure this happens a lot of other things maybe weren't able to happen this year maybe next year and and years beyond but um, this is of course going to be with a big one for christmas time you mentioned the importance of kids having gifts on christmas and you know if, if you've been a kid who didn't have a big christmas or missed christmas when you were a kid you understand but i think just the same if you're somebody who's had great christmases and had all these these wonderful things you think well, what would it be like if that was taken away right and it kind of leaves a big void it kind of kind of gets you thinking that you know man that's 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 a shame and i'm I think that's awesome that you guys are stepping up, making sure these kids are taken care of in that way. And um, you mentioned if you're not running the marathon, you can still be a part of it, still join in. You get the cool little T-shirt and that. Yep. What about the rest of the year? Are there donation uh, possibilities throughout the rest of the year? If somebody says even now or a month from now they want to they be a part of it and just 
for whatever whatever reason, just um, you know, for any reason, just send send something to you guys to help to help the cause. Sure. So on our website, we have a kind of a donate now button. That's a safe uh, way to donate if you want to use your credit card. And also, we have a, an address. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can still mail it to our address on the website. But yes, that's a it's a great way to help us because we are a five hundred one c three. We do depend on funding to stay afloat. And um, luckily, you know, we've been okay throughout the quarantine but you know uh, you know every little bit helps is kind of what i say <laughs> and of course you guys have the volunteers to, to meet with these kids and that but just extra costs all around yes. and you mentioned they're um you know just to be able to donate to maybe just a grand scheme a big pool just to say whatever you guys need you know this could go towards that because right. i'm sure there's a lot of hidden costs and <laughs> things oh, that yeah. people don't think about as much <laughs> right. that that definitely pop up and that's right. you know that's why these uh, fundraiser and that are important so what uh what would you say to anybody right now who's listening, who's thinking about volunteering? And I'm sure you've had this conversation with people who are saying, I'm thinking about volunteering, but I just wanted to call and talk to you guys. What do you tell those folks to maybe push them over the hump or, or say, you know, this is for you? Because some people maybe think, well, I don't know if that's for me. I say, I've never had kids, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but that's not the case. You're, you're, right. you're open door for anybody and everybody who wants to do this. Uh, what would you say to that person, though, that, that maybe isn't sure if that's for them? Great. That's a great question. I would encourage you to call us, email us so we can have a further conversation. But I have the most fantastic volunteer who she went through the training and she was like, I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. And I said, let's try this and we'll work through, we'll work really closely with you. And she's still with us over 15 years later and she's one of my the greatest volunteers I have. And, and we give her really difficult cases and we kind of, um, it's hard to describe until you get into it, like what we train you to be able to do, but we give you the skills. We give you the training. We give you kind of even more in-service training on how to deal with any issues that can pop up. We can't plan for every eventuality, but I've seen, I, I like to say I've seen a lot. So I can help, you know, I have a great staff. I have learned how to help people do this kind of work. And a lot of people are scared kind of that it's too emotional but um, I just want to say, just call us and we'll talk about how you can kind of make some coping skills to kind of get over through the through emotional hump. Does it vary by county and by state the what you need to do to be a part of CASA? If you're a volunteer, let's say, in Mississippi or you're, you're a volunteer in a different county in Tennessee, are there different guidelines, different protocol on that? Does that change? Um, not really. Most programs, so national, our national organization gives us kind of what we need, which is they have to be 21 and they have to go through training, your pre-service 30-hour training, which is five weeks for us, and they have to pass a background check. Some programs um, may require a, a, a maybe one or two other things but normally that's going to be it kind of across the board awesome so for anybody who's maybe moved or right. transplanted and, and things like that they could they could kind of take that and uh to go anywhere with it right. really absolutely awesome well i really appreciate the time this morning and i want to just ask you if there's uh, any any final thoughts anything we're missing this morning i know we've we've covered a lot of ground and you know just as soon as we get there we'll kind of do a quick recap but uh anything else you want to you want to mention this morning anything else that's uh, that's right around the corner we could tell our listeners 
I think we've covered everything, and I know everyone's kind of, um, today is a really hard day. It's kind of a really sentimental day, and so I am myself really sentimental, and I, again, I, if any of my volunteers are listening, or anybody that works with the court system, juvenile court, or DCS, like, I just can't thank you enough for what you've done throughout this whole pandemic, even before, and um, I really think that that's really important to mention again, that there are some really hardworking people that are doing some amazing work uh, throughout this really hard time. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to remind everybody, uh, CASA is actually a uh, court-appointed special advocate. So if anybody's looking, C-O-S-A, it's C-A-S-A. Yes, C-A-S-A. Uh, just in case you're listening, and CASA, that's uh, CASA with an, uh, two A's. Um, but court-appointed specialty advocates, these are basically just people to – uh, to, to be in the corner for those kids that need it. And, you know, I think you mentioned anybody and everybody could be a part of this. And, you know, I think that's really special. And, and you know, if, if, if you love kids, if you love being a part of a greater cause, and you know, I think anybody with eyes and ears to hear and see it know there are kids who are getting maybe dealt unfair, uh, yes. dealt unfairly and get put in tough situations and that. And this could be a, a firsthand way to step in and, and be a part of that change, even if it's one kid. Yes. If it turns into 10 kids, I'm sure your volunteer that has been there for 15 years, she's got a list. And she yes. can go down that list and say, <laughs> yes. each one of these kids has been you know, impacted for the better because of CASA. So um, just you know, something that's really cool, really important. And I think this is something, if you give it a try, you think you'll like it. Yes. I think you'll, you'll have a lot of fun. It'll give you that warm, fuzzy feeling inside knowing that, knowing that you're helping somebody out. Yeah, so. just give us a call or send us a shout out on the website. Fantastic. Well, Cassie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I hopefully really we'll see you on it. here again soon. Every time you guys need anything, you're always welcome. So uh, stay in touch. And uh, as soon as you need anything, let us know. We're going to have you on again soon. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.